the Bible Study Podcast, episode 357. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of Psalms with Psalm 14. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. I am trusting the quality of my microphone today because as I record, there are people doing yard work outside and there are hundreds of people at the school behind my house doing some sort of event. So I'm hoping that that will show up, if anything, as only background noise. Today we're going to do Psalm 14. We'll probably do something else after that, but starting with Psalm 14, verse 1. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. Their deeds are vile. There is no one who is good. The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. All have turned away. All have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Do all those evildoers know nothing? They devour my people as though eating bread. They never call on the Lord. But there they are, overwhelmed with dread, for God is present in the company of the righteous. You evildoers frustrate the plans of the poor, but the Lord is their refuge. Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion. When the Lord restores his people, let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. This is an interesting psalm. We skipped over about three psalms here, and we will, as I said, not cover every psalm. One of the reasons for that is that the themes that we see in Psalms 11, 12, and 13, which we skipped over, are similar themes that we have already covered. That shouldn't be much of a surprise, because in every style of music, there are common themes. Certainly, there are more than one love song in rock and roll and more than one song about that woman who did you wrong in country western music. And certainly there are more than one psalm that has to do with, Lord, how long, how long before your righteousness? And we skipped over a couple of those. The first thing here that the psalmist mentions is the fool says there is no God. It says in his heart there is no God. And I want to differentiate that a little bit from your neighbors, for instance, who may believe that there is no God. And certainly there are a number of people who think we are in a post-church age or a post-Christian age. And that may be true in the sense that the society itself may be heading in the direction or has already headed in the direction that doesn't believe in God. And certainly there's a change that's happening fairly rapidly. It's not something that I particularly worry about because I believe in the truth of the message. And this is something that you will see historically historically is somewhat cyclical in cultures. But I do pray for revival. In this particular case, though, I think we're talking about people who are saying that I can do whatever I want because there is no one looking. There is no God. There is no authority. I can get away with things because specifically we go directly from that thought to they are corrupt, their deeds are vile, and no one does good. So the psalmist is talking about a set of people here who are saying, if there's no God, there's no rules, and I can do what I want. And what I want is to get things for me at other people's expense. But in contrast to that, we get verse 2, which says, The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. What it says here is that there is a God, and that No matter how often we may think or wish that God doesn't exist, he is independent of our thinking and wishing, and he is watching, and he is seeing. 
and he does see what we do, and that it sometimes exasperates him. Wondering if there is any who understands, all have turned away, all have become corrupt, and there is no one who does good not even one. If this sounds like one of those familiar themes, it should, because in the book of Romans, for instance, as Paul makes his case as he presents his understanding of Christianity to the Romans, again, Paul not having been to Rome, he does a very systematic understanding of his theology, his understanding of Christianity in the book of Romans. And in chapter 3, he gets to that well-known statement that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And if you look at the footnotes, as I did for Romans 3, you will see a lot of references to the Psalms. Psalm 51, 14, 5, 140, 10, 59, and 36 are all given as footnotes for that particular section of all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's a set of quotes that get combined into that particular chapter. Because this is one of those themes, like in country western music, The Woman Who Has Done You Wrong, so often the psalmists looked around, or the people of God in the Bible looked around, and they saw a society that was headed away from God that had turned its back on God. You may remember the prophet Elijah who prays to God and says, I'm the last. I'm the last one. There's no one else who is faithful to you in all of the northern kingdom, the northern ten tribes of Israel. And it turns out that Elijah was wrong. And God tells him that there are at least 7,000 who have never bowed, who have never bent a knee to the Baal, who have never worshipped false gods. And God goes on to talk about the remnant. But it is a common theme in our age and in previous ages to look around and to not see that, not to see the remnant, but to see a society that has turned its back on God. And that's what the psalmist sees. But notice here that we see a God who has not turned his back on mankind, a God who is looking down from heaven, a God who is seeing, a God who is understanding if even if we are not. And so the psalmist goes on to say, do all these evildoers know nothing? It's an interesting question. What does he mean, do they know nothing? What was it we learned in Proverbs? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. Then to understand God, to understand the world and the way it works, to understand the creator of the world and the way he works, and to start with things in that frame of reference is the beginning of wisdom. And so the psalmist says to all of those of you who have turned your back on God, who deny his existence, who do what you want as if there were no consequences, you are ignorant. And he says, they devour my people as though eating bread. They devour my people as though eating bread. That's a very evocative statement here in the sense that they are so used to doing the wrong thing that they think nothing of it anymore. Their consciences have been so overridden by their actions, they do it as casually as they would eat bread. They do it every day, and they do it without thinking. They never call on the Lord. They never pray to him, obviously, but they also never look to him for guidance. They never look to him for forgiveness. They never look to him for absolution. But there they are, overwhelmed with dread, for God is present in the company of the righteous. It's an interesting thing here because he says 
first he starts with these people who are saying there's no God and they're going about their ways and they're doing whatever they want, who are just doing evil as if it were eating bread. They're doing evil as if it were a normal everyday thing without any thought, without any calling on God, without any awareness of the presence of God. And yet he says they are overwhelmed with dread and that the very presence of God is with them through the people who do call on God. The presence of God, for God is present in the company of the righteous. Part of our calling as Christians is to bring the presence of God into a broken and fallen world. And I don't mean that in a judgmental way. I mean that in a way of the God who is full of grace and mercy, who wishes to enter into the lives of everyone, even those who are turning their back on him, even those who are denying him. Those who are not the enemy, but instead the battleground that we fight the enemy on. In that place, we are called to bring the presence of God. Many people will see nothing of Christ that they do not see in you. There are people this week who will only see God if they see it in you, if they see it in your actions, if they hear it in your words, or if they hear it in the words that you are smart enough not to say. You evildoers frustrate the plans of the poor, but the Lord is their refuge. The evildoers in this picture here are preying on the weak, but he says you should be aware, basically, that the protector of the weak is the Lord. Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion when the Lord restores his people. Let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. At this point, the psalmist looks forward to the salvation that will come out of Zion, the Messiah that will come when Lord restores his people, the restoration of his people, as we also can look forward to God acting in our midst, God continuing to act in our midst, in our time, and in history as it goes forward. As this psalmist looks forward to the restoration of his people, I look forward to and call on God to send revival, to remind people that he is there, is present, and is listening. I pray this week that you would see the presence of God, that you would know that he is watching over you, and that you would be his presence in your world, in your home, in your jobs, in your church, in your community. With that, we'll end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. God invites us to cultivate thankful hearts by turning our eyes toward Him in good times and bad. To listen to more Abide Christian Meditations, just go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Christian Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.